Hi, and welcome to BJGP Interviews. My name is Nada Khan, and I'm one of the associate editors of the BJGP. Thanks for taking the time today to listen to this podcast. Today, we're taking a bit of a different tack and talking to Dr. Nick Thomas, who is clinical lead for research at the Royal College of General Practitioners here in the UK. So welcome, Nick. Um, And I wonder if you could just tell me a bit more about your role and what you're involved with here in terms of the college and its research activities. Yeah, so I'm Nick Thomas. I'm a GP in Winter Medical Practice in Whitney, West Oxfordshire, uh, but also do a couple of other things. So um, one of of my main roles is I'm the clinical lead for research at the Royal College of GPs. And I've been doing, doing that role for just over three years now. Uh, which is incredibly enjoyable and rewarding and sort of helps me to support research for, for, on behalf of the RCGP for its uh, rather large and sizable RC, um, research programme. So you're involved with the RCGP Research and Surveillance Centre, aren't you? Yes. Um, so talk us through what that is and just what your involvement is with, with that centre. Yeah, no problem. So um, as part of my role as a clinical lead for research for the RCGP, um, we work really closely in supporting the uh, the RSC, which is the, the Royal College of GPs Research and Surveillance Centre. Now, um, this is a, an incredibly old surveillance centre in regards to this. The one that has been in its 55th year of surveillance now. It does what it says in the tin, research and surveillance is the easy one. So dealing with the surveillance, first of all, side of things, works incredibly closely with the UKHSA, formerly known as Public Health England. And that's the main um, role that it plays, actually, is supporting the, the surveillance work. So that will be, be with um, virology and serology sampling across the country. Numerous practices take part in this, numerous of our GP members, which is fantastic. And um, the UK HSA then takes this information and is able then to inform well, what measures need to be put in place in that area, whether it be to announce flu season has started, whether it be to announce that, well, actually, we need to watch RSV this time, this time of the year, which is unusual compared to where it normally circulates. And being able to map out these viruses is really key. So that's the surveillance centre as part of it. And there's also the research side. Of course, that a lot of surveillance work can be portrayed as being research, but the RSC has, uh, spends a lot of time actually with yeah, um, supporting a lot of different studies. Um, there's lots of different research studies that have gone over the years, particularly probably the most um, famous one be principal, uh, which was the uh, big COVID treatment trial that happened in the early, early in the pandemic. It recruited... Uh, almost 12,000 participants now, which is an incredible size of it, has tested um, numerous different repurposed medications. So historically, if you think what's happened at the start of the, um, the pandemic, azithromycin and um, doxycycline were given out quite a lot and were recommended to be given to patients in early stages of covid uh, principle showed actually that there was uh, no benefit at all. And so the Department of Health immediately sent a circulation out overnight to say, actually, we shouldn't be recommending these as first-line therapies. Mm-hmm. And it shows that how research can be translated really rapidly into clinical care. So one thing that people listening to this might be interested in is using the RSC for research. So is it possible to access the practice data for research purposes Yes. Um, so, yes, the the RSC has always prided itself on being uh, professionally led and have a bottom up approach. 
you know, we know to, the only way to really then utilize the power of this is to directly improve healthcare delivery and knowing exactly what's happening in each community, taking, um, making sure that healthcare, the, the appropriate healthcare is set up in the right place at the right time. That's really important. But also from a research perspective, is understanding that process and understanding where where that patient is, where that participant is. How do we know? Um, while there are a larger population of people with asthma sitting in Oxford compared to Bristol. And that's the beauty of these large data sets to enable key research like that to happen. Um, so that's why it's accessible absolutely to researchers across the UK. Okay, so I think that's been quite a good, useful discussion about the RSC, just to give people an idea of what it's historically been used for. And sounds like there's lots of exciting opportunities for researchers and practices to get involved in your role as clinical lead for research at RCGP. So tell us more about sort of other things that the college is pushing for. Yeah, so thank you. So as well as supporting the RSC, the college actually has a really active research program. Um, so we run the Research Ready, so um, which is a Research Ready program looking at for really trying to support practices in delivering research. That'll be a really fantastic resource again for practices who are new to research never done research before so what do i do how do i do it well, i'm working with the nihr the national institute of health research and um, that's how we deliver trials you can get your trials through the rsc and how to run a study through the rsc but also you can get it through the nihr as well and the rcgp really works with all of our amazing colleagues around this to really sort of support research at numerous levels so that's research ready we also have a number of different opportunities really in regards to what's you might want to do. Um, we've got the Scientific Foundation Board, which is an amazing uh, board for really trying to champion and fund and support new researchers coming through. And so it offers them opportunity to apply for funding to really take their new research area to the next level. And the applications that we get are absolutely staggering. So there's amazing GPs out there that apply for this. And um, healthcare practitioners, and it's really, really impressive to see what they can do in primary care. So that's another aspect. We have our practitioner allowance grants. Now, I thought I'd bring these to your attention really fast, all right. So very, it's not massive funding, but it's a little bit of funding in there. It's about £2,000. And what that's there for is if you're a GP, you're sitting there and you think to yourself, I've got an idea. I really want to do this, but how do I do it? How do I start this off? I don't think there's any research being done on this before, but I really want to do that. And that idea, actually getting that started is really quite hard. And what we try to do with this, these practitioner allowance grants is to try and help you to give you a little bit of time to really think about how you can bring that forward, how you can move that forward and then engage properly with you know, mentorship or support from your local academic department, wherever it might be. But that's what they allow. And I think they're really worth noting, actually. Um, as well as sort of trying to engage practices in doing research, of course, we're trying to really engage new GPs coming through into becoming an academic GP or, you know, becoming, doing their own research and how they, how they become and change their career that way. And so we've got the Research Engagement Hub I thought I'd definitely mention here, if that's all right, on our website. We're really proud of this. This was launched last year with the, um, the support of the NIHR School of Primary Care Research. And that's there to really engage a, um, a GP at any stage of their career. Of how do I do it? How do I become an academic GP? How do I really take move my career in a different way? And 
I've always wanted to know about research and get into it, but I was too afraid to ask kind of thing. And so that enables you from when you're a med student, an F2, um, you're, at, you're in your specialist training, you're in your first five early career stuff. And then also you've reached a point where you've been, been a GP for 20 years and thinking to yourself, right, actually, you know what, I really want to do this now. And this engagement hub will show you and give you the tools to work out how to do that. There's some great experiences on there, some amazing ent- entries. And um, these are yeah, fabulous people. I think so talented in what they've done. And we thank them so much for contributing to this. Actually, the videos are so knowledgeable and really give some expert advice on how you can do that. And I would really encourage people to visit the our hub and have a look. Um, and the other thing, of course, with, our, with the RCGP, we do the awards as well, working with the NHR, working with the Society of Academic Primary Care. And so we have the Early Career Research Awards. We have the Practitioner of the Year Awards. We have the um, Research Practice of the Year Awards. And of course, then RPY is a Research Paper of the Year, which we work with BJGP and things. So we have some um, amazing awards that happen annually as well. And we'd only encourage, always encourage people to apply for those. And we'll definitely put up links to, there's a website that's titled How RCGP Can Support Your Research, and it's got links to a lot of these different programs that you're mentioning. Well, I think it's been really helpful. We've talked about the RSC database. We've talked a bit about Research Ready and some of the different research grants and fellowships that are offered by the RCGP. So I think that's been really useful just for people listening if they're interested in getting involved in research or applying for these grants. So we'll definitely link to these different opportunities on the podcast show notes. So if you're interested in applying or looking at these and do look for more information. So I think thanks for your time. Thank you very much. Thanks for the time. And thank you all for listening today. Do explore the links here or search the RCGP website for how the RCGP can support your research for more information. And if you're already working in research or are keen to engage with other researchers here in the UK, please do join us at the BJGP Research Conference, which is running again on the 31st of March, 2023. The conference website is up and running, so please do visit the site at bjgp.org forward slash conference for more information on how to register. Thanks again for listening. Bye. Bye.